Hey, hey, this is Jeff, and this is the Very Serious Hunting Podcast. Uh, With me, as usual, is Grant. Hey, this is Grant. Uh, Today we're going to be telling some stories about how we got into hunting and fishing, uh, kind of our origin stories, if you will. Um, Just But first, today our episode is brought to you by Ram Trucks. We are not sponsored, but I drove one here, so that's how I got here. So that's what brought me to this location. Yeah, and today's episode is also brought to you by Bush and Montucky. Because uh, you got to have something to drink. All right, so uh, today we are sitting in my office, which is my shed office, work from home COVID office. Um, and workout room. Oh, and workout room and dog, uh, kennel. dog uh, well, she just hangs out. Dog napping room. Yeah, dog napping room. Uh, gun cabinet, uh, all of the important things. Um, this, and there's a mini fridge out here. Oh, kegerator, um, which we need to fill. Um, all right, and uh, yeah, so that's where we're at. All right, so let's jump right into it. Um, Jeff, what got you going? What started your whole outdoor finding animals to eat career, hobby, passion, all of the above? Yeah, so uh, like... All people who've been doing this all my life, obviously my dad, right? That's that's who taught me how to hunt. Um, uh, he taught me how to fly fish. Um, he taught me how to bobber fish and river fish and lake fish. Um, we did high mountain lakes. Uh, but the first thing that we ever did was we did bobbers and worms. The worms that we dug out of the garden um, at my great-granddad Verl's pond. Um, and it was so shallow. Um, that it would freeze solid uh, on the really cold winters. This is in southern Idaho. Um, I don't know that it ever froze solid when I was a kid, but certainly froze solid. My dad swears when he was a kid that they had bluegill in that pond. Maybe they all froze. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. As he said that uh, when he was in high school, and this was in the 70s, um, that they would fish for bluegill. Um, out of that pond and then it froze solid and there was no more anymore. They used to go out and chip catfish out of the ice because catfish don't give a shit, right? They're little bullheads. They don't care. And so they would warm them up in their hands and they would start flopping around. Melting little fish with <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I learned a lot uh, from my uncles and my granddad um, Uh, I had an uncle who uh, invited me up here uh, to the Seattle area to uh, go salmon fishing. Um, A different uncle taught me how to fish uh, the log jams um, on the exits of high mountain lakes uh, where you just dance a little fly on the water. Um, And my granddad taught me a bunch. My granddad, uh, my, so that was my great granddad's pond that we used to catch Uh, cats on and then my granddad bought a place uh, that had a pond and one day when we were there I found a bass lure hanging on a on a stick and I like climbed out there got that stupid oh it was the lure that got stuck from somebody casting yeah 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 Um, so I went I got that stupid lure and I caught a fish that laid from my elbow to my fingertips you were much smaller I caught I was high school so you were not much smaller. I was not much smaller. I mean, I was smaller, but my arms are about this long. Right. <laughs> Less big around. Um, and uh, my, we'd let it go. 
But that was one of those like last cast situations, and it bit at the bank. It was so rad. Um, and man, I fished with that lure. I fished with it in North Idaho when I moved there in college. Right? I fished with that lure, and I think I left it in Spring Valley Reservoir, just outside of Moscow. I do not have it anymore. But that thing caught me so many uh, largemouth bass. Nice. Um, unbelievable. Um, I kind of dropped. I kind of dropped fishing in high school because, you know, you run out of time. You're doing Busy. everything else, right? Um, like I said, I fished uh, in North Idaho when I went to college. Uh, I hooked up with some friends at Walmart. Um, did you meet these friends at Walmart? Uh, I did meet these friends at Walmart because uh, I was working at Walmart. That makes more sense. Right, so I worked for them uh, for a couple years um, unloading trucks, and I met some guys that took me out to Spring Valley and some other places. Um, that was pretty rad. Uh, one, one of the guys, uh, Bucky... Bucky took me out, and he took me and my wife out. Um, the wife you currently have. The, the wife I currently have. Uh, it's not like he uh, stole my wife. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, so we went out to uh, this place down in Lewiston, and uh, down at the marina, and we chucked out, and we were using just worms off the bottom. And so we would we'd cast out, and we'd let it sit, and... There was nothing. There was literally no fish biting. And so we said, this sucks. But we sat through it. And then the weather came in. And it got... It went from like 80 degrees to like 50 degrees and rainy. And um, we said, this is this is awful. So we went to Taco John's. <laughs> we had tacos. And then it got back to 80 and sunny. And we went out there and we fished the evening after that. And it must have been the water flushing down or whatever. Um, Bucky had a two-pole permit. My wife and I did not. So between us, there were four poles. Right. And we could not keep all four poles in the water. Sounds pretty rad. Uh, yeah, it was pretty okay. We caught an entire stringer full of uh, bullheads that night um, down at the frickin' Lewiston Marina. Um, and it was, it was just unbelievable. And uh, we fished... Not until we got bored, but until our stringer was full. Just ran out of space? Yeah. <laughs> like, it got hard to lift the stringer, and we are like, oh, shit, we should probably leave. <laughs> probably back it up. <laughs> yeah, so, um, then I remember fishing with you. One of the early trips that I remember the big, like, successes uh, with you, Grant, was when we went, we were going to Lopez uh, for kind of a dude's weekend. Oh, yeah. And, uh, man, I laid into my first ling cod that I fished for myself. I'd caught one like deep sea fishing on vacation at, out of Oregon. But that was on somebody else's boat with somebody else's gear. And this was me in a canoe with my own pole and my own gear. Yeah, I think and we had left on a beer run and you were going to go fishing. And we came back and you hauled this slug looking dinosaur thing out of your canoe. Oh my god. Big ugly teeth, big ugly mouth. Uh, pretty good, though. I mean, it had a fish in its mouth that was big enough that you could have ate that fish. Right. Um, as lingcods do. And and also, it had mine. And then we cooked it in bacon grease. We did. We cooked a couple of things in bacon grease. <laughs> we cooked uh, some shrimp on skewers. Shrimp. We cooked that lingcod. We, I cut one of those fillets off for my wife, and I cut one off for me. Or for us. Right. There, there was a couple of dudes on that trip. 
Um, and, and then you tricked me into eating sheep balls cooked in bacon grease, which were not good. Oh, the first bite was good. It was not. No, I mean, it was, it was better. Not. The first bite was better than the subsequent bites. Um, I have learned about frying. Because what we did, okay, so what we did is we fried them, right? We brined them in beer for a while, and then we rolled them in flour. Oh, flour is something gross. Yeah, uh, and basically I didn't fry them enough. If, and we sliced them, so they were thin slices anyway. Nope. Uh... Well, anyway, you survived. I did. We all survived. I learned a very valuable lesson that day. Don't don't, eat, don't, don't feed Mick a bottle of gin. Don't eat testicles. Oh, that too. Um, yeah. What was so the second really successful fishing trip we had. What? What was the first one? Oh, at Lopez. Yeah, because yeah, the first the one, that first trip, because this was the Lincod year was our second year there. Yeah. The first year we just sat on the dock all day. At the. I think we drank a case of beer we each did. that day. We drank a lot of beer. <laughs> On the dock. Got we didn't leave. Must have caught 15 or 20 little fish that we yeah. ended up... Sculpins and yeah. floundering. And... It was a good day. Oh, yeah. We cooked and we had... We made a tiny fish smorgasbord. Right. Oh, it was amazing. Um, and then kind of the latest success was this year, man, when... So we I've been chasing the salmon whale for years, right? For, for me to be able to just go and catch salmon... Kind of at will. And by God, this year we did it. We killed silvers. I think you and I can go and kill blackmouth. Right. We did we, we can go and kill blackmouth. I think you and I have a hard time with not blackmouth kings. Like right. the, the full adult kings. kings. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Uh, but we... I don't know. There was a switch that was thrown, and this year, man, we killed silvers. It was... We killed... We killed so many pinks. It was a super big pink run this year, which um, was great. Yeah, awesome. Um, and so this year, I took my kids out on my boat, and we got... We had one of those days that we said, all right, we're going to take one pass, and then we're going to drop the crab pots, and then we're going to fish for the rest of the day, and then we're going to pick up the crab pots. And we had a triple, and then a double... And, like, we couldn't even get our gear down. And some guy in the boat, like, 100 yards from me, from me is yelling, Good job, Dad! <laughs> you know? And, like, my kids are, they're killing their first salmon apiece. And we uh, we took home. You, we, got, you got your limit. We, we got our limit in five minutes. It was five minutes of fishing. And I looked at the girls and I said, Well, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. And, um... That's why you bring candy. Well, but I mean, still, like, what, we're going to leave the, the crab pots for as long as they eat candy. You've seen kids. They're, I've seen you eat candy, too. That's true. We don't, there's no way we had enough room on the boat for enough candy. That's true. So what we did was <laughs> we would drop the crab pots off, and then we scooted to Langley? Sounds about right. Could be. It could be Langley. We, we scooted to Langley and went up got hot chocolate. I didn't even have a mask of stupid COVID because I got on my boat. I didn't expect to get off my boat except unload back at the truck. So uh, we went and got hot chocolate. We got a bag of ice to put on the fish. We sat in the marina and drank hot chocolate and watched people wake up because it was still so damn early in the morning that people weren't even waking up in their sailboats. We had a couple really good days. Well, the day that you, Justin, myself, and your dad all went out 
I think we limited by 7.30. Oh, we would have limited except you were picky. I was picky. I didn't want um, pinks. I wanted yeah. sodas. Which is... If you never had pinks, uh, pinks are great smoked. They're great fun to catch. But if you want to eat them fresh uh, and there's an opportunity to catch silver, well, it's okay to hold out for silver. So <laughs> uh, plus, if there's only one guy still fishing, you can still run all your gear. Yep. On um, And so it was fun. We were still able to fish. Um, and then, yeah. It was a great day. It was amazing. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as we kind of decided that we were done with pinks, uh, the bike turned off and Grant never got a silver. It's okay. I still had a pretty good day. Yeah. Um, all right, Grant. What got you into fishing? Because, uh, like, you have a different story, obviously. I do have a different story. Uh, my dad was never into fishing, and that's no fault of his. Just not we his, don't. We won't hold it against. Just not his jam, which is totally fine. Um, but my grandfather, on my mom's side, and my uncles were all into fishing. So I never, I didn't really get into fishing until I was, I moved up to the Pacific Northwest. But I had fished before. Uh, my uncles, we, my family down in Las Vegas has a houseboat on Lake Mead, so we would go out and fish for catfish. Just drowning worms. Yeah, but we were pretty successful. I mean, catfish and Lake Mead are pretty pretty plentiful um, and then on you know family camping trips we'd throw a line in just to say I was fishing and that was always pretty good but we really got into it when we moved to Olympia and we lived um, in a community that had a beach beach access so we were constantly down there fishing my brother and I and he was more into it than I was um, but my grandfather came back from a salmon fishing trip in Alaska so we went out, he had his rod with him, and we went out. Was it just uh, salmon, or did he go halibut, or... Just salmon. He was yeah. uh, in the rivers fishing salmon. Oh, neat. Near bears and all that fun stuff. Neat. Um, and this was, I don't know, 25 years ago? So we were out fishing, and uh, we're just, you know, putting things on the hook, because we don't really know what to do, and we're saying it at the bottom. Yeah. And if you've never fished in the Northwest, or any sort of saltwater area um we have what's called dogfish and dogfish are different here than they are in other parts of the country i know that but our dogfish are sharks and so we how big i think the biggest one we caught was probably four feet so decent well, size. that's a pretty good size fish especially when you don't know what the hell you're doing <laughs> <laughs> so up comes this dogfish and for lack of a better term we were kind of hooked from there oh yeah um man you can't you catch that big fish yeah, yeah you have, you're as hooked as the fish. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of one of the things that kept me fishing, was these days where you'd go out and you couldn't keep the lines in the water. There were so many fish. I, after Olympia, we moved to Minnesota, where I got my first taste of ice fishing, which was pretty cool. But Minnesota has all these lakes, and there was one about, I don't know, a half mile from our house that we could push our canoe to. And my brother and I would go out, and sometimes we'd have very little luck, but I remember this one day... As the sun was going down, um, right at that transition, right before fall was hitting, so the weather was getting cooler at night, and it's like the fish knew, and every single cast, fish, 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 every single cast, it was amazing. Yeah, Big well, bass. so now, now, wait, bass? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were gonna say trout. No bass. Um, the I was gonna say if 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 the water's cooling off, the trout are waking back up. Because one of the things that we've learned is how 
bass don't give a shit, but trout really are. Trout are yeah, they're temperature sensitive, but. But yeah, so that was kind of my beginning of it was Olympia with the uh, the dogfish was kind of hooked us, and then this area that we lived would um, get the salmon runs because South Olympia the Atlantic is... salmon. No, Chinooks. Oh yeah, they would run up the Deschutes. They'd go through Capital Lake at the Wait. bottom of Butt Inlet. This is in Olympia. Sorry. We're back in Olympia. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and we'd, so we'd get big smelt runs up against the shore, and then the salmon would find them. And so getting salmon was like a cool thing. Uh, never really successful, so that one or two times that we were reeling them in was great. Um, did a lot of crabbing down there. Still do a lot of crabbing. Oh, yeah. Um, but kind of the thing that has kept me back fishing and fishing and fishing are those days where you... Man, it's a drug. Best luck. I mean, I've had them in Alpine Lakes right at the beginning of summer as the ice thawed. Yeah, those fish are hungry. Hungry fish, <laughs> which was great because we were all hungry after our hike in. Um, that day in Minnesota on the on the boat on the canoe, reeling all the bass, and then this summer we had such good luck with salmon fishing. I am relying on Jeff a lot for my. Uh, Information. I know how to, the basics behind it, but the methods and everything. Jeff is much more studied on it. So, but we got out there and did there, our trolling. And I think I've taught you everything that I know. And we were killing them. I got my both of my boys on their first big fish. Um, my son brought up, I don't know, probably a twenty-pound rockfish. We couldn't keep it because of where we're at, but that was one hell of a thing for him to experience. And so, I'm trying to pass on from my kids or to my kids what I had my memories that are still really fresh in my mind from way back when yeah and those those memories will stay fresh if you refresh them but like your kids building those memories like for me like I had some great success this year right taking my kids out taking well, taking my daughters out and getting them on their first salmon because uh, my daughters have one of my daughters, so my oldest daughter is into reeling in fish. My youngest daughter has never been into it. But man, this year, when, after that day when we filled the fish with, or sorry, filled the boat with fish immediately, uh, I asked them, do you guys want to get up at five o'clock in the morning again and do this again? And both of them said, yes, yeah. yes, we do. And that's what, man, that's what it's all about. Yeah, because it doesn't take much to deter them if they have a day of just standing on the shore and not catching anything, but you get them on days like those. And yeah, it, well, and we, we had ready to go. We had that day in August where uh, nobody was fishing. Except the only one that was fishing was me, and that was because my pole was in the water, and we were all standing around not fishing. Is that at Lake Goodwin? That was at Lake Goodwin, and all of a sudden, uh, somebody, I think it was you, said, Hey, Jeff, do you have a fish? And I did, and it was a two-pound smallmouth. Um, and that, I think, is... The angry pickle. Oh, man, that, that fish was pissed. Yeah. But that's okay, because I got the last laugh and turned them <laughs> into nuggets. Um... Yeah, so, so that's that. So, uh, yeah. all right. So, isn't this a hunting podcast? Well, it's in theory, it's a hunting podcast. So, I guess now we get to talk about our hunting and how that's been going on. And since you've been doing it longer, why don't you take the reins there? All right, all right. So, 
my hunting origins, believe it or not, again, man, I so I took hunter safety in sixth grade. My dad signed me up, and my dad's the one who got me going. And uh, my dad and one of my uncles used to hunt chucker. They would hunt chucker like fiends. Um, I don't know if you've ever hunted chucker. It's Imagine doing stairs uh, where somebody's poking you, and that's the thistle. And um, you're doing stairs, and it's hot and dry and dusty, and then a bird flushes, and then it's on the other ridge. Right? That's chucker hunting. Right. Um, and it is unbelievably fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you like that kind of thing, uh, yeah. And so we hunted, we hunted chucker when I was a kid. We hunted quail um, and pheasants uh, a couple of times. Uh, nothing, nothing really big. And then the the thing that stuck out that my dad taught me about chucker hunting was he took me out to these draws, and it took me until honestly this year to understand more about what we were hunting and where we were hunting it um because i went and i looked that area up in onyx and i and i said hey dad send me tell me that place that we were that we used to go chapter hunting right and so he what he taught me without telling me was look in these draws look for the sumac berries he did point those out to me look for the cover and look for the water and look for uh, these areas where they can sit and hide because those those little game birds will sit in cover. Yes, they will. Uh, and then when you get close, they run up the hill and then fly down and then run up that other hill. And anyway, they're gone. Uh, especially like, if you can't like shoot. they're faster on their feet than they are in the air. Oh, my God. And they're unbelievably stealthy. They'll flush from behind you. Oh, yeah. And you, you will almost step on a quail uh, before they'll fly. Like at Tiernan's place this year, when uh, we had to kick the bushes, we, we were fly. kicking bushes two feet ahead of us, and I'm sure we left quail in those trees. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a line of trees that have that hold quail, and we were out at his place uh, deer hunting, and we only got four. Yeah, they're, uh, they're there. There was little birds. There were sixty of them. <laughs> they're they're tough and they're they're fun. Anyway, so. Uh, yeah, so we had, when I was a little, little kid, we had a dog named Carmel, um, and uh, Carmel had a dog, had a puppy, Carmel had several puppies, uh, one of them my, went to my uncle, um, and that was Candy, and then uh, Candy had a litter of puppies, she had a couple, uh, she had a litter of puppies, and we got Taffy, because Carmel was gone. Now, Carmel and Candy were amazing <laughs> dogs. They were unbelievable hunters and i uh attribute that to well i know that candy's dad was a good hunter because candy's dad was uh one of my uncle's one of my other uncle's dogs right and uh, i think i'm not entirely sure but uh, i do know that my dad was breeding caramel with known hunters and caramel was a farm dog so that candy just runs in your family yeah obviously uh, yeah, um, but Carmel would climb, she climbed a tree for a chucker. She would, uh, run the, uh, the feed troughs and catch and kill and eat mice, uh, at, at the farm, right? So, uh, a few years, so Carmel left us through, uh, nefarious circumstances, we think. 
Uh, but anyway, we didn't have caramel anymore. But my uncle still had candy, and we got Taffy. And Taffy was a really nice dog, and she really liked the idea of running in the bushes. Okay? And Rock was my dog. That was, so Taffy was my brother's dog. Rock was my dog. Okay? And like Rock Candy? Yeah. Uh, Rocky Road oh, Ice Cream. Got it. Okay? Which I can't have anymore because of peanuts. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously... Yep. So, uh, connecting the dots here. <laughs> so anyway, Rock would follow my dad and he would just follow. He's like, I don't, I don't want to do the hunting part, <laughs> but a bird would flush and my dad would shoot it because I wasn't any good. And the bird would fall and Taffy, the one that flushed the bird would go, Oh God, there's guns. I don't like this. And she would turn around and run behind me or behind my dad and then rock would go all right i'll go get it (laughs) (laughs) and so it took two dogs to do what caramel and candy could do but i mean they were fine um the i still have a bird dog she is as worthless she will not hunt really good at naps though oh god she is so she is the best at naps and she's good with kids and that's what i really need her for um uh, she is not named after candy. She is named after rye whiskey. Well, you're much older now. Well, I still like the candy. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, I dropped hunting uh, again. High school, man. You 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 lose you lose a lot of time to the high school activities and girls and all the important things. They're the worst. They are. Um, yeah. So I dropped it, and I picked I picked it back up again with these guys that I met at Walmart, and I met the. If they hadn't got me back into it, I probably would still be back into it. But it would have taken me longer. Um, and they got me hunting North Idaho whitetail, grouse, pheasant, and hunts. And uh, we we killed a lot out there. I I worked at a place right out of college. This was my first job in the gaming industry. And my boss had 120 acres of forest. And that that is unheard of. And I, then I left this job on purpose. Um, I would hunt grouse on my way to work. Road hunt? Nope. Oh. No, I would get up early and go for a walk. That sounds really hard. It was pretty hard. I'd go for a walk. I'd shoot a grouse. I would go back to the, if you know this area, it's White Pine Flats. I'd hike White Pine Flats. And then Spring Valley Reservoir is about three miles back. I call it, it's three. It's not three. It's... That's the place you lost your bass lure? Yes. So this this was this was my stomping ground was Moscow to Elk River. Um, and if you pull up a map and look at that, that's that's where it was. That's where I had formative years of hunting and fishing in college. Uh, formative by myself, not with my parents, right? Right. And so I would shoot grouse at uh, this hunting access go back to Spring Valley that had a fish cleaning table and I would use the water hose and the table. I would clean my birds and then I would take them to my boss's house because we worked out of his basement and I would cook them for the dudes at work. And I I left that job on purpose. Like it was my choice to leave that job. And I, I, in a lot of ways I regret it and in a lot of ways I don't. Um, I, I, my career needed to come to Seattle-ish, and uh, so, so it, that, it, yeah, that, that is what it is. 
Um, so yeah, I moved to Seattle, and uh, I hunted deer a couple of times. The season on the west side, right? On the west side. Well, yes and no. So I went. Um, call it Springdale. I went to Springdale once. Um, on we're gonna call it a hot tip. Really, it wasn't a hot tip uh, at your aunt's place. That's a good place. Uh, right up the hill from that is not. There's a lot mm-hmm. of people there, um, and uh, a lot of people know about it, and so they all stick at your aunt's. Um, so, uh, uh, and then I hunted on the west side. I switched to archery. I bought a bow because the season is unbearably short. Right for, for modern firearm. Modern firearm here in Washington is two weeks. Ten days. Yeah. And in North Idaho, I was used to uh, early October until Thanksgiving. And uh, I had all the time. Anyway, so I switched. I bought a bow. Um, It was not fun. And uh, access was a problem. And then I got an invite to go out to my brother's place in Montana. Well... The rest is kind of history. That's where things have spicked, uh, sped up. Um, that buck right there I'm pointing uh, is my uh, 2014 Montana whitetail. Um, and he's a monster. Uh, my 2016... My 2018 whitetail uh, is sitting in my living room. Um, and he's a monster. And uh, since then I've shot a couple other there. I go every other year. I go on the even years. So this is a Montana year. Um, and, uh, the way it's been going, it's a uh, big buck spike, big buck spike. So this one's a big buck that I'm, yeah, you I'm lining up for. Well, not legally. He was a spike. Yeah. Maybe we'll show a picture of that one day, but, uh, maybe, maybe we won't. Probably not. Maybe um, you should take a picture of that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you about my first Montana trip one day too. Cause, uh. Holy shit. That's a whole podcast. Yeah. But yeah. And so basically that, that's how I got to where I'm at, uh, right now, which is, uh, very serious hunter. It's extremely serious. Extremely serious. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Grant, how long have you been hunting? Not very long. And I think one thing that those of us that are listening that don't know how you and I met, it is not through hunting. No, it is not. <laughs> Jeff and I met when he first moved to Seattle from Idaho either 13 or 14 years ago and we shared a common interest in motorcycles and making fun of people on the internet so that is how jeff and i know each other and he just happened to move about a mile and a half from where i used to live oh yeah that was trouble in linwood so that's how this connection happened um and then a couple of years ago i approached jeff and i said hey man i want you to take me hunting We've been fishing a few times. We've been fishing. We did great at fishing. We have some sort of magic luck when we're fishing together. Yeah. If, I don't if, know what it is. If Grant's on my boat, fish die. Yeah, we just catch fish. Um, so, pretty much me getting into hunting, I'm blaming on Jeff. I mean, he's the... Was the You're catalyst. welcome or I'm sorry? Jill, I'm sorry. Depends you're asking. <laughs> um, I, like I said in the last podcast, I'm a very late in life hunter. I didn't get my hunter safety until 2019 when I was 35. So, and I'm 38 now, so it's yeah. been three years. Yeah, um, wow. Went and got my hunter safety at almost a year, three years ago. Today was the 26th or 25th of January. Um, 
in order for the preparation of going for High Buck the following year. Um, What's the High Buck? High for, Buck for people who don't know, High Buck is hunting in a, a few units in Washington in wilderness units. Wilderness with a capital W. Yes. Well, right. This right, like you said, the specific ones. Specific units with a like that's deemed wilderness, um, and it's that's High Buck because they're up in elevation. It's a lot of work to get up there. Um, not meant for a weekend. It, it is not a, a weekend hunt. hunt. That's what we tried. We tried that for a couple of times. We went scouting, did a lot of hiking. Um, that was the year I shot my first ever animal. It was a grouse. Uh, they are as stupid as they are delicious, which oh, is very... Man. That was um, the day we did the Pepsi Challenge with them, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Because, uh, so basically, we did a road hunt. Uh, I'm partially well, sorry we just to happened say. to see them. And yeah, well... We were so, even looking for them. We were so just looking I, for more places to hunt deer. Yeah. I shot one, and then another one was like, "Hey, I'm here," and I'm cl- and we looked around and there was no more grouse. Okay, so I start cleaning them on the tailgate and kind of showing Grant what I do, and um, then another one showed up, and I'm like, "Hey, Grant, shoot that, shoot that, go, grouse. go shoot." <laughs> well, the the first one was on the ground. The second one flew into a tree directly above where the first one was, like above the pile of feathers, and the third one flew. Into the same tree that the second one flew into. And that's where it got shot at. So that was my first ever hunt. Um, High Buck kicked our ass. Yeah. We so need to get way better at that. Let's, mm-hmm. let's get just a half a second on this, uh, the Pepsi challenge on the grouse. Oh, yeah, that's important. So this is actually pretty important. So we knew that we were tired. Very important. Um, we, we were tired, and so I call my wife from 20 minutes out. Yeah. Uh, and I said, turn the oven on to 350. We're going to be home in 20 minutes, and uh, we we want to get in and out with this as soon as possible. And she's kind of like, what the hell? So we had saved the hearts and the gizzards, and then one of them we breasted. One of them we breasted. One of them was whole plucked, and the other one was whole skinned? I think that's what it was, yeah. Uh and I will tell you that uh, breasted and skinned was the least favorite. Yeah, definitely leave the leave the skin on. Leave the skin on. Uh, leave it whole, and otherwise they're amazing. They're great. Um, it it. But I will tell you that every bit of all three of those birds got ate. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Grant didn't want to taste the gizzards until. I still until, don't like them until my daughter. You tried it. You tried it, but only after my daughter was like, yeah. "Oh yeah, what's that? I'll I'll try it." She'll eat any sort of meat, though. She will. She's when it comes to meat, she is just. Oh, it doesn't matter if it's made out of an animal. She'll eat it. Well, I'm kind of getting to that point with my kids, where if I bring in a chunk of venison or a duck, mm. if I call them down when it's ready before I eat some, I rarely get any because <laughs> they just eat it and it's like cool guys I'm glad that you did all the work for that yeah, yeah it's 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 great because when anyway we could go on for food forever but right yeah. we'll do a whole podcast on yeah. that because we'd like to eat but meat. big facts um, so that first year High Buck was just an ass kicker we essentially climbed stairs for two and a half days and that was no fun um, later on that year for a modern firearm so High Buck is in September. It's generally the 15th through 25th-ish yep. of September. A month later is when Modern Firearm in Washington State opens, so the 15th through 25th of October. 
Um, went out to a buddy's house that lives near Walla Walla, and I didn't get a shot off. Jeff got his first Washington deer. Yeah, that was my first Washington mule deer. Yeah. That, that was my first mule deer, and that was my first Washington deer. Right. Uh, I didn't tag anything out, but it was my first year hunting, and I was just there mostly to learn. I would say that you learned a lot. I did. I learned a lot. Um, I learned that my truck can fly. <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, I didn't do it. It wasn't on, me. <laughs> <laughs> Next year, 2020, um, we tried. No, we didn't. We didn't go hunting in here in Washington in 2020 for deer. What did we do? We went to Montana. I know we went to Montana, and but that was in November. What did we do in October? Ducks. Is that all we did? Probably. Probably. I don't know. Maybe. We hunted. Yeah. I don't remember hunting ducks until December. Doesn't matter. We did something. Yeah. Anyways, um, got my first buck in Montana. Uh, just a little spike, but it was my first deer ever, and I worked really, really hard for it. We It was a four-mile hike out and in, in... 18 degrees, wind blowing, Ugh. typical Montana, what you would think of like miserable conditions, this was it. Uh, but everything it was, was so rad. Everything was freezing, all the blood was freezing to the knives. And yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> but that was my first buck. Later on that year, I shot my first duck, and it was a banded mallard, which apparently... That was your first duck? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Which That's amazing. So I'm obviously much better at duck hunting than Jeff, because he has not shot a banded duck. How many ducks did you get this year? That's not important. How many? Well, how many? Um, I think probably eight or nine. Oh, well, you beat me. I only got six. Well, I've been... It's because you're a better duck hunter. Well, I, and I hunted way more than you did. That's probably true. My Kids, mom. wife... Did you... Don't have a little kid and try and be a hunter. <laughs> and don't... Well, don't try and keep up with your uh, older kid and no kid having buddies. Right. That's that's what this year also, is. Also, and work. You had a pretty important thing at work going on, so... Yeah, work work was a real-life thing this year. Um, that's okay. And then this year, we went hunting back in eastern Washington. I did tag a deer, but it was, unfortunately, not the right kind of deer, or the right deer that I could take home. So I called the game warden and tattled on myself, and he confiscated it. Luckily, I didn't get any any sort of paperwork to go along with that, but I did learn a very important lesson... Um, honesty is, was my saving grace that day. Yeah. By far. He'd had a pretty bad day. And, and, uh, had a bad and day. to deal with us, uh, and yeah, we, we made what he, he made, we made, uh, the unpleasant conversation as pleasant as it could be. Right. And I think that's why it went as well as it did. Yep. And so that's pretty much my whole hunting career in a nutshell. It's very short because it's only been going on for a couple of years. Um, I did pheasant this year in South Dakota with my family, my uncles and my brother and brother-in-law and some cousins. Yeah, how'd that go? Uh, it was a lot of work for birds that I still don't have. But What? Where are they? They all flew back to Las Vegas in one big cooler, and that's oh. where they are currently residing. How are you going to get them? When my brother and dad drive up in a week. Are they really bringing you birds in a cooler? Yeah. That's fucking rad. better. That's rad. Um... But the pheasant was fun, it was really cool, but to get there from Seattle was a, damn near a whole day of travel on both ends, and for a weekend, it, I don't know if it's worth it, but... Yeah. So. You know, sometimes it's worth hanging out with your family. Oh, that was super fun, yeah. but it's the two days of travel that was brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, well, given how far away we live from our families, 
that's part of life, isn't it? Yeah. So um, maybe maybe just plan it for longer next time. Yeah, definitely. And get better at shooting things flying that yeah. scare the shit out of you. Um, and that's pretty much it for me. Yeah. I mean, hunting was kind of a natural progression because I like firearms and I like eating things. Yeah, it really is. It really all comes down to, like, the finale is that food in the kitchen, isn't it? Absolutely. Or on the smoker. Oh. Just where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I've got... I'm going to call it a recipe, but I haven't written it down. I... I... Just... I made the best roast venison. Like, pulled... uh, Pulled shoulder um, on the smoker this year. I, I finally broke down and bought a smoker... A pellet smoker. A pellet smoker, and it has changed my entire life. Yeah. So. And I made, with Jeff's recommendation, that Hank Shaw's barbacoa with venison. Hank Shaw, you are the king! Um, yeah. So, but that's for another time, because we're yeah. almost at, we're past our time. We, oh, okay, yeah. So much for a half-hour podcast this week, guys. Um, I, I do appreciate everybody hanging with us uh, through... Look, if you know me, you've heard these stories, and uh, I know that our audience is just our moms, like my mom and Grant's mom. Hey, mom. So, uh, hey, mom. Uh, thanks for listening to Grant's stories uh, that you haven't heard, and thanks for listening to mine that you have heard. Uh, Grant's mom, thanks for listening to my stories for the first time. Right. And uh, anyway, this was fun. This was a great trip down like memory lane for both of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, so, the... A little bit more podcast business here. We uh, we do have more than uh, our origin just our stories. moms listeners. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, uh, our more than just our origin stories. We do want to talk a little bit about. Uh, we we said we were going to talk about gear. By God, we're going to talk about gear. It's one of our favorite things. That like just to obsess because we sit. We don't hunt all the time. One thing that we can do all the time is research gear. Research stuff. And so we, we've had the idea for a while that we want sleds, like the jet sled that you see, uh, like ice fishing ice guys fishing. use. Mainly um, that. They get towed behind snowmobiles sometimes. Yeah. Just a deep sled yeah. for hauling gear. Yeah, and it, it's a utility sled, not a sledding, like take mm, your kid's sledding well. sled. You can take your kid's sledding. Done it. You can drag them behind the yeah. riding lawnmower in the snow, too. Because this year we both bought jet sleds. We've yeah. both started to use jet sleds, and what did you use it for this year? Uh, so far, duck hunting. Uh, I don't have one yet. Amazon and FedEx but you, are on you my had list. A, you had it borrowed. But I used one for duck hunting one. and dragging decoys out across a muddy field that is half flooded is about a thousand times easier than the game cart that I had been using. God, those puddles? When, when you hit a puddle with the jet sled... It, everything gets easier. Oh my god! But the wheels don't sink into the mud because the there are no sink. wheels. It just it just slides. And then I can leave all my decoys and duck hunting gear and just pick it up and slide it into the back of my truck. Yeah, it's a great truck organizer. Um, the one that I got is a little bit smaller, and mine sits in my hitch hauler, <laughs> like unbelievably well. And those yellow top, you know, those black and yellow top tubs. Yeah. So those will sit right in my jet sled. Perfect. And so you can put the jet sled, you can put those yellow top tubs, and then on the other side of uh, my hitch hauler, you know what fits is my cooler. So I've got all the necessities right there. Yeah. And so, yeah, the uh, we're going to do, 
a whole podcast, by the way, on why uh, we got these jet sleds, what got us thinking about them, and that is the legend of Sled Guy, and watch out for that in the right. future. Uh, that's another trip down memory lane. Um, yeah. And then upcoming podcasts other than the food and the jet sled is I'm doing this very stupid thing challenged to me by a friend called the Cola Warrior. It is in the mountains of Idaho in the middle of February, and it involves obstacle courses and chugging a bunch of soda. Is and it a race? It's timed. I don't know okay. how much of a race it is, but it's a timed event. Um and so I'll, I'll be able to tell a whole story on that. What What are some of the obstacles? Um, one of them is a you essentially climb on a rope upside down in between some trees, um, flipping a big tire for some reason. So isn't there something about an AK forty seven? Yeah, you have to eat a bunch of peeps while you take one apart and put it back together, and then uh, <laughs> and then they're shooting. So that'll be a whole. Is there a run? Well, it's. A run in quotes. Oh. It's going to be hard Pe- to run with People belly. don't actually run? It's going to be hard to run with a belly full of peeps. Well, I mean, maybe for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Build for comfort, not for speed. It's a, it's a shooting event as well? Yeah. Um, so, rifle, pistol, shotgun. Rifle and pistol. Okay. Uh, targets out to 650 yards at this one, I believe. They're held nationwide, but um, they're also fairly regional. So, And what's it called? Cola Warrior. Cola, because... Because you chug cola at the end. How much? Six. Six 12-ounce cans. Or you can do... You can feel froggy and do a whole two-liter at once, but... Jeez. It's gonna... There's penalties, and it's gonna be a whole thing, and I'll be able to fill it in better once I know more. Yeah. So, that's the next one. So, this is February's podcast. We are recording it in January. We're not cheating. Deal with it. Um, And... uh, that is going to be March's podcast. Yeah, because it's at the it's February eighteenth. Yeah. yeah, and we're busy. February is a busy effing month, and it's a short month. We're claiming that those two days are affecting everything, yeah. uh, but really, uh, we're celebrating my daughter's birthday for three weekends in a row. And I'm going to try and go ice fishing. Yeah, well, I was going to try, and I did. You had a daughter. Yeah, said I had kids. <laughs> But anyway, uh, hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to the end. Bye mom. Uh, Bye mom. Um, Subscribe, leave us a review, join our pro staff everybody. Yeah, it's very exclusive, so Uh, accepting applications. If you send us an email to join our pro staff or find us on Instagram. You're probably in. uh, You're in. If if you are an Instagram follower, you're in our pro staff. And you can add that to your Instagram account. We love you guys. Goodbye. Bye.